Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan, back with the whole crew, Chris Parliament and Brandon Piller. Join me to discuss the official return date. The NHL has announced when training camps will start, and we asked on Twitter a completely separate topic. Which jersey should the Sens be rocking next season? And surprisingly, the results were a bloodbath. And then we get into our segments. We've got our draft prospect, Seth Jarvis, number 13. Man, this guy, we're really starting to get into the upper echelon of talent available. All that and an interview with one of the founding fathers of the Ottawa Senators blog game, Graham Nichols from Sixth Sens, joins us on the pod to discuss the unbelievable movement that started on Monday. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Friday, June 12th. We are two weeks away from the NHL draft lottery and also July 10th. Circle that one on your calendars because NHL training camps will open then. Pilsy, I'm not going to ask what you're more excited for because I know the answer to that, but it's great to have a date for both. I don't even care about the second date, Ross. Draft lottery time. Let's go. We need to see where those ping pong balls land because I'm tired of speculating where this Islanders pick is going to be. I mean, we know for a fact the Sens are going to pick one and two, but where is this Islander pick coming? Who knows? So that's what we're here waiting for. Can't wait to hear the news. It's funny because the third pick is what you're excited about. How about the opportunity to draft first and second, Parley? We got to get excited about the top end of this draft, too. Yeah, it makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up, boys. It's super exciting. But Pillar, you uh, you got excited about that first date. I'm going to tell you, I can't wait to watch uh, like at least something happen. Something funny happen on the ice between an NHLer and another NHLer in training camp, a good story coming out of somewhere, actual hockey to talk about for once, albeit the Sens won't be there. But hey, it's exciting. And how much more exciting is it? Yesterday, you get golf back for the first time. And then you hear the NBA is coming back. And the NHL, you got a set date. Things are starting to come back. We can hang out in groups of more than five people now. Holy. Don't forget the MLS, Parley. Oh, yeah. Harley, I'm not sure that there are groups of more than five in Woodstock. Can you confirm? Can confirm. We'll be kayaking with group more than five tomorrow. If night. two families get together, they can make it happen. <laughs> you yeah, gotta love funny. it, man. I was I was zoned in watching. Uh, there was a video from Florida today of a bunch of NHLers on the ice, including Alex Ovechkin. It was awesome to see the the laces that he's got in his pants. You know, he wears the skate lace in his pants, just flapping in the wind as he's cutting through the neutral zone. Warming up, Igor Shesterkin. You just know that kid's going to be a stud come playoff time if you want to lay some bets. And if you wanted to lay some bets on what jersey would win this poll that we put up at Send Central, if you listened to our last episode on Wednesday, we discussed in detail about the difference between going back to 2D versus the O. I always thought it was a 60-40 split um, leaning towards the 2D, but Pillsy, the results would say otherwise. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're looking at um, 66% saying go with the 2D and then 23% say go with the O and then the other options dwindling there under 10%. So definitely people are loving the 2D and we got some love uh, on that poll with some suggestions for jersey concepts and 
Not going to lie, I said I wanted to go with the O, but with some of these concepts for the 2D, man, do they look sharp. Yeah, Pilsy, one of those suggestions was from JP Forges on Twitter. He put a couple concepts. We retweeted it from our account as well. It's got the 2D logo, but it's the one from 96 to 07. So it has the laurels. And on the Wednesday show, we discussed how it was either the that one or the old school one that actually says Ottawa Senators in it. Parley, which one of those two do you prefer? Because we know that you're 2D. Team 2D. Yeah, I'm definitely Team 2D. I have a little bit of... I have an, my own concept in my head, and I love the new Adidas jerseys. I just I love the look of them and all this stuff. I almost think concept jerseys are tough to compare to these types of things, just because they're tapered in a weird way, and I don't love the look of it. But... I definitely think there's one picture out there that's floating around and Ross, I'll send it to you. So you can tweet it out at send central. If you don't follow us, hit us up there, but it's Thomas Shabbat wearing what in my mind is the absolute perfect senators Jersey. It's got the texture of the new Adidas jerseys, the fit perfect. And it's definitely 2d pillar. I have a question for you. You said you like the red with the 2d personally. I need the black at home. Yeah, the black looks sharp. Uh, the only thing is, if they're going to go with the black, I want a little more splash of gold in there. Like, really have the gold kind of pop uh, maybe on the bottom or um, near the the sleeves of the arms. But I don't know. I just like the red. I think it's a, it's a nice... Uh, it's a nice color, especially when you get uh, Sen's Army uh, in the CTC with all red. I think it just looks nice. But the black, def- definitely, I'm not going to argue that it looks sharp. Just uh, a little more gold on there. See, my big thing would be, like, in the inevitable, like, year after year after year playoff runs that the Senators are about to go on, how mm-hmm. cool would it be, like, a blackout, all black in the stands? I think that would be, like, super daunting in... I, I don't know. I, I've always been a fan of the black uniforms. And uh, I think one thing, though, Ross, you shouted them out in the concepts that were sent to us today on Twitter. What I really liked is if you look closely, the red on the arms on the black jerseys has, I don't know what you would call them, Ross. You have the word for it. But it used to be um, around the top when Jason Spezza would be riding the bike, you know, those gold tapers that used to be in the 2D logo? Yeah, laurels, look, I'll call them. Laurels, that's it, yeah. If you look closely enough in there, and I think that's a nice little touch that he added. So shout out him on being creative enough there to add that. That's pretty cool. I really like the idea. And the color's kind of a point of contention as well because the one they have now is just so thick. It's like, well, what are you doing? So I think that if they can incorporate whatever the primary jersey color is, Use most of it in in the collar. Like think of the um, the Leafs actually have this really well because they're blue jersey. It's mostly a blue collar. It's it's just so like out there. Like the Sens white jersey, the the red collar, it just pops like too much. I think so. Um, yeah. I, there's there's so many alterations that uh, can be done. And if you need an alteration with your car, then you have to go to RockAuto.com. It's a family business. They serve auto parts online, and they've been doing it for 20 years. You just go to rockauto.com, and they have everything. Engine control modules, check. Brake parts, they got it. Tail lights, lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. And whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks. Best part? It's delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique. And remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. 
Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice as much for the same parts? I wouldn't. Parley wouldn't. Pillar definitely wouldn't because we go to rockauto.com. And if you go right now, you can see all the parts available for your car or truck. Just write locked on in the how did you hear about us so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, boys, before we get to some segments, let's go to the interview that we recorded earlier yesterday. Brandon and I had a chance to speak to Graham Nichols. We're very pleased to welcome our next guest. You can find his writing on The Athletic. And while well, realistically, you all know him as one of the OGs in the Sens blogging game. Graham Nichols, thank you for joining us, man. How are you doing today? Not too bad. How are you guys doing? Doing fantastic. I want to go back to Monday, June 8th, because obviously we all woke up to the story. Rick Gibbons put out Melnick, the divorce, the lack of money from the Oregon project that was going to the community. And you just came out with this tweet, wondering if Sens and Hockey Twitter could donate more. Can you take us through your day from when you sent that tweet? When did you realize it was going to blow up into what it was? It started kind of slowly. And I really, when I first thought about it, when I put out that first tweet, I really had no idea what was the best way to go about crowdsourcing money, right? Um, people have done like GoFundMes in the past, and I know people have slagged GoFundMe uh, specifically for, you know, taking a larger cut of the proceeds than they probably could have, um, especially for meaningful um, uh, charitable endeavors. Uh, so I wasn't really sure and I'm, I don't have a, like a lengthy experience uh, doing charitable stuff. Um, so I wasn't really sure from the outset how I was going to go about doing it. And, uh, you know, after I said, let's, let's, we should probably do this. Uh, a few people were like, yeah, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. And then I'm like, I'm still racking my brain on how to do it. And then uh, it was at uh, Axe Maddie on Twitter, Sense fan, um, said, I did it. I put down 50 bucks. And I just looked at the link that he used. I'm like, all right, this is how we're going to do it. I'm just going to track the receipts. I'll just have people message me and I'll just manually do it. I, I surely wasn't anticipating that we'd you know, reach 21000 or almost $21,000. Um, and it's just, it's overwhelming. It started slowly and then it just kind of snowballed. Bonks Mullet threw out a tweet saying, you know, here's an opportunity to raise a lot of good money uh, for a good cause. And, you know, it has kind of like a dual layered um way to kind of <laughs> kind of uh just like on the owner a little bit as well i think knowing senator's twitter i they'll use every opportunity to do something like that and money went to a good cause and it just snowballed and, and i never anticipated and get it getting to the figure that it did it's it's just crazy yeah it's it's hard for anyone to wrap their head around i mean what a what a movement and for a great cause too uh, you mentioned it a little bit there. The last official update we had for uh, the total donations to the Trillium Gift of Life organ donations was $20,604.50 over 48 hours. Now, when you started this on that morning, was your realistic goal just let's just get past the 5K? And once we get past the 5K, we'll probably uh, trickle in a little more donations, but we've done our job and we can pat ourselves on the back. Did you have any sort of inclination that I would get to more than four times of what Melnick actually contributed in less than 48 hours than what he did with about a million dollars in funds in more than a year? No, not at all. Like what's, what's the first, you know, a couple hundred started trickling in. Uh, it just, it exponentially grew. And then it was just, you know, people were started donating 150 and the amount of generosity that, uh, 
just the volume of money. It's just crazy. And it just kept going. And then God, I think we passed 5,000 in two and a half hours. Didn't take long. No, not at all. And, And after that point, I'm like, okay, maybe it'll start slowing. And it's like it just caught wind. I don't know if it's just everybody just started sharing the news, uh, whether it was message boards, uh, news sources, other hockey sources and, and outlets. It just it just snowballed. And um, the amount of feedback I got from people who I wasn't anticipating hearing from at all. And, it, you know, whether it was a private message or a tweet or, or anything, it was just there was a lot of support behind the idea. And I think, you know, it wasn't really an explicit message to Melnick in the sense that it wasn't like a billboard. It wasn't something that would you know, could cause like a little bit of a divide in the fan base on how to handle something. I think it was just, this is a great cause. It was a paltry sum of money that Melnick uh, dedicated to uh, organ donation awareness last year uh, or in 2018, I think it was. Um, so that was the benchmark 5,000. We surpassed it. And it was just kind of a rallying cause for fans to express their frustrations and venting. And it all was money for a good cause. And I think that just made it easier. Yeah, in such a good way. It should be noted, too, that the billboards earned more money than Melnick donated as well. It was $8,500 that uh, ultimately I went to that. I think it just proves that the fan base is dying to support something and, and really go together as, as a group. So I think that it was awesome what you did, and we got to see it on the national side, too. Tim and Sid had Wayne Scanlon on, and he brought that up as well. So it was really cool to see everyone come together. And even Bruce Arthur took a, a minute off of politics to, to mention it to his huge following, like almost 150,000 followers. So just to see something be able to blow up like that, it's awesome. And this isn't the first thing that you've done either. Like you've been blogging. I mentioned one of the OGs in the you and Sen's chirp when I think of, uh, of Sen's blogs going way back. So I want to get into a little hockey with you as well. And something we tweeted out last summer, it got a lot of pull and, I think it's just a fun thing because, you know, bloggers, they're kind of known as like the obscure media members compared to the national. So we asked what everyone's favorite obscure senator was. I know for me, it's Peter Bondra. Pillsy loves his Mike Commodore. Do you have a, an obscure senator that stands out above the others? Oh, man. My parents were season ticket holders from like day one uh, up until about like 2005. So like I saw like the old, the old days when the team was garbage and it kind of built up like that. God. You know, like Sly Turgeon was probably like the childhood favorite, like the first nice. couple of years. But yeah, just obscure. I'll no, just go, I think, I'll, I'll go with Sly. I'll say, I'll, I'll say Sly. Yeah, no, that's good. Another guy who I don't even know if he'd be obscure yet, but hopefully we hope that he's going to sign a long-term ticket is Anthony Duclair. Now, you're latest in the athletic. There's a lot of good numbers behind it of why maybe you sell high on a guy like that. Maybe you can take our listeners through why you believe that to be the case. I like Anthony Duclair. He's an exciting player. He has an explosive offensive element that, I don't think a lot of the other players on the Ottawa Senators have right now. Um, I think he gives them a goal scoring dynamic and a speed dynamic that they otherwise lack. He kind of has that game breaking talent to him in that sense. But at the same time, you look at his overall performance and you see there's an opportunity where there could be a little bit of regression in his shooting percentage. I think you kind of saw that a little bit in the second half of the season, even though he was still generating chances. I don't think like I, I it's going back a little bit, but I, I was looking at his, shot volume metrics and he was still shooting just as much as he was um in the first half and i think you know normal season i think that's that's a guy who can get you 25 to 30 uh, in a good year and i think as ottawa adds better more offensively talented players he's a guy who could probably capitalize on that and uh build on that total but at the same time from an overall perspective i think he gives up a lot on the defensive end and you know that was a big season for him 
Um, that was a really big season for him. I think that was probably his uh, most productive year, at least from a goal scoring perspective, maybe from a points, I'd have to look. Um, that was a good breakthrough bounce back season. Ottawa, bottom line, his value was at the lowest, and they rebuilt some of that value. And I think he's a player that they could easily turn around and flip to another team uh, to address another need. I, I know uh, I've looked at some of the left-wingers come through the system, whether it's a performance and you get Brady Kachuk there. Uh, you could possibly add uh, Alex Lafreniere uh, if the ping-pong balls go the right way this year. Is he a guy that you necessarily want to build with for the next three, four years? Probably not, just given the warts in his game. Uh, and that was pretty much the rationale I was using in the article. It's like, here's a guy whose value you could capitalize on and hopefully maybe address a weakness, whether it's the back end or uh, another position. But he's probably not a guy I'd be comfortable, you know, locking up for the future, whether that's three, five. You know, if it was a short-term deal, I'd say go for it because you need placeholders until it seems a little bit better. But I think you could make a good argument that he's a guy that the Senators possibly should be doing the research on and exploring trade avenues. I mean, you make a lot of good points. When a guy goes as hot as Anthony Duclair did to start the season, then as cold as he went, uh, there's definitely question marks there. But when you're talking about a trade return for Duclair, um, do you think maybe it's concerning with how much he's bounced around the league? And I mean, let's be, let's be honest. He was sort of a throw in uh, with the Zingle deal. Now, mind you, he had one of the best uh, seasons of his career since he had that really good season in Arizona last year. But do you think teams will kind of take a hindrance knowing that he's bounced around so many times and hasn't been able to stick somewhere. So therefore maybe you won't get the, the return that uh, you're hoping for with the kind of talent and uh, dynamic offensive ability declare has. Yeah, and, and that's a very valid point, and it's hard to it's hard to argue with that. But I, I think if there's an opportunity to maybe trade up at the draft to get a better prospect that you're looking at um, in the first round, say, let's say you want to package the Islanders' first round pick with Anthony Duclair, I think that might entice another team just to trade down. And I, like I'm just spitballing here, but I don't know I don't know what the market trade value is for him, but. Um, I would definitely look into finding out what it is. Not the right avenue if Dorian doesn't look at all options, especially with the team in such flux. But you mentioned uh, something there that I want to touch on right before we let you go as well, as we appreciate you taking the time with us. But uh, the draft, that was kind of the key word and something all Sens fans are looking forward to. More importantly, the draft lottery. Do you Would you see four and five, let's say, as still a win situation? I know a lot of people are a little upset with, the fact the lottery formation didn't change after the season ended prematurely. But if you told me going into the season, even five and six, I would have been ecstatic. Oh, for sure. And I think if you look back at previous years, uh, guys taking a four and five have surpassed the expectations of, of the guys at the top of the draft. And this isn't one of those draft years where there's that can't miss generational guy headline in the draft class. There's not that Sidney Crosby uh, that's available, um, unfortunately. But I don't think there's as much separation between one and two and four and five as there has been in the past. And um, that doesn't mean that the guys who are projected one and two are going to be the best players to come out of that class. I think they're just the, they, they have obviously uh, high projections, but maybe their ceiling isn't as safe as uh, some of the guys that preceded them. So if, if Ottawa gets like a Mark, uh, Marco Rossi and someone else, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, I think at some point, Ottawa just needs that first line center. They need a really good first line center. And uh, I hope they get one this year. And they just want building blocks, man. It's just get as much good young talent as you can and let the, let the young guys grow together. And yeah. when the right time comes, just support those guys with the right guys. And hopefully we'll get a good contending team in the near future. 
that number one center is something you can only get through the draft as well. It's so hard to trade for those guys. Um, would you take two forwards with the picks or um, I guess it's kind of best player available, right? At that, at that point. Yeah. And you've seen mocks where Drysdale's going really high. Jake Sanderson's going top 10. It really depends on where the ping pong balls fall. Um, well, we're we're going to find out soon enough. I know, eh? it's a, it can't happen soon enough. Um, I know. Cause it's all spitballing at this point, but um Defensemen early, that's a, that's a scary proposition too because the attrition rates on defensemen and goaltenders taken high isn't that great relative to like highly skilled forwards and stuff. So it, it, it's interesting because I talked to like Scott Wheeler, for example, from The Athletic, and he, was, he mentioned that there's a lot of defensemen who could go late first, early second, third round, and they're not, there's not that much separation between those classes. And you look at Ottawa's picks, they have nine picks in the first three rounds. So you can hit whatever need you have for the organization. You can hit that easily this year with the volume of picks, it's, it's almost ridiculous. Like there's so much opportunity here to improve the team uh, for the long term and near future. And it's just, it's, it's fun. It's, it's fun to talk about that again. And it's just, you know, you look at the news that happened this week over the past few weeks and it's just, you just want to see the optimism grow around what's happening on the ice. And it's just these, these off ice distractions keep chipping away at that optimism. And it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird dynamic that's going on with the senators right now. And it's, you know what, it's been like that for years. It really has been even going back to like that 2017 run. And it's just, it's, it's frustrating because sometimes it feels like the, the guys running this team can't get out of their own way. It's going to be a nice step in the right direction once those ping pong balls land in 15 days from when we're recording right now. So uh, we'll all be tuned for that. Maybe we'll have you back on later in the summer, talk about what will happen at the draft once it's more finalized. But congratulations as well. What an initiative uh, you had on Monday. It was a great community builder. I think it really kind of, put everyone in Ottawa on the same page. And uh, we thank you for that. That's awesome. And thanks for joining us today. Greg. Well, you don't, you don't have to thank me. That's, that's honestly, oh, but you were the guy who got the word out. So uh, it was an idea and the sends the sends. All right. We'll thank Ax Maddie then. Cause there he was you go. The first there you go. Put. So yeah, Ax Maddie. Some credit here. No. yeah, we got to give credit somewhere. No, it's everybody. Everybody raised the money, man. It wasn't just me, but uh, thanks so much for having me on. It was a lot of fun and uh, hopefully we'll have some good news come June uh, 26th. Thank you very much to Graham for joining us. Before we get to some segments, let's talk about our favorite protein bar on the market. You know we love Built Bar here at the Locked On Podcast Network, and for good reason. How could you not love a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar? You, you know there's a reason at grocery stores why they put the chocolate bars at the front, because everybody loves sweets. Well, that's why Built Bar took the best of both worlds. They took the high protein and the high fiber that you get from a protein bar, but they made it covered in chocolate. How genius is that? Still keeping it low in sodium and still keeping it low in calories. So you guessed it. What does that all mean? Lots of math there. I'll get the sum for you. That is health. That's what it equals. They're healthy. You can lose or maintain weight, but you feel like you're indulging in a delicious treat for example the peanut butter brownie flavor has 20 grams of protein 170 calories get this only three grams of sugar that's what you love to hear the only thing that makes it even better is how about ten dollars off your first order all you have to do is put in the promo code locked on so that's promo code locked on when you go to builtbar.com just go right now right now and you can get a pack of 16 and get ten dollars off and why is 16 important, Pillar? 16 different flavors, ladies and gentlemen. Eight with nuts, eight without nuts. And Ross, quickly, I want to shout out my flavor of the week, toffee almond. Ooh, that sounds unreal. And for a guy like Chris Parliament who loves to go out, I know he mentioned he's even kayaking soon. 
Wouldn't it be great if you could keep your Built Bars cool? You know what? Built Bar, they got your back. They got a cooler coming with it as well. It's so impressive that they think of these things. You know, you can you can go on there. You can look at your flavors. You know what you want, but sometimes it's not always great for you. It's like, should I? Should I not? This one, you should because it's good for you and you get what you want. And like you said, Ross, it'll keep it cool when you're being cool on your kayak floating down the river. So be cool right now. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on. That's locked on to get $10 off your first order of built bars. All right, boys, before we get to our draft prospect rankings, we got some segments. Segments alert. Mayor Bochensky, that's preseason legend Brandon Bochensky, the mayor of Grand Forks. Pillsy, how unreal is that to see across the news cycle? I'm going to be honest, I was not expecting that. Uh, and especially, this guy just retired from playing professional hockey, I think, two years ago. Like, he was he was in the KHL. Uh, he had, actually had a really good career there, putting up like 40, 50 points a season. So I'm surprised he didn't keep going over there in Russia. Uh, instead, he decided to come to politics. That's that's a real interesting move. Uh, definitely a former send shout out. So we love to see them getting into the politics game for sure. Although I then looked into his platform and I got to say, I wouldn't vote for him, but give him credit. He was able to get in over a guy who'd been there for 20 years. It's always funny to see what former senators are up to now from former senators to future senators. Parley, I'm coming to you first, buddy. Give her a spin in the tank a thon watch if you're just tuning in to the show for the first time or don't know what we do every single show we all do one spin of the tankathon wheel tankathon.com backslash nhl all of this is tracked every day at seven o'clock it comes out on our twitter at send central parley give it a spin wow boys this one it's actually wild stay in put the senators two and three nothing wrong with that no nothing wrong with that at literally no movement who Literally no movement. Detroit first? Detroit first. Like, everything filled sure out perfectly. Spin? I did. All right. Wild. Pills what are the it. odds? Well, you can see all the odds at uh, tankathon.com <laughs> if you want, Parley. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give a spin here. Well, Parley, again, no movement. I swear okay. I hit I hit spin. Detroit, Ottawa, Ottawa, LA, Anaheim. Wild. That's, that is wild. All right. What are my, the odds? <laughs> I would say the same as uh, as yours. <laughs> Um, okay, better than, than mine. Damn. Um, the LA Kings move up to first. Winnipeg sneaking in there again. They just seem to be either going on deep playoff runs or, or getting lottery picks. Ottawa picking third with their own pick and fifth with San Jose's pick. So third, all three of us got third. And then I get fifth. You boys each get two. So um, that's the update on the Tankathon. None of those... We're pick number 13, and I'm not sure Seth Jarvis would. After watching this kid's highlights, tons of skill for the Portland Winterhawks forward. He's 13th on the Send Central Draft Rankings. Pillsy, why? This guy, he has a lot of skills. I mean, we, we've we talked to a couple of prospects, Dawson Mercer, Connor Zary, who are really good, well-round prospects, but... I think uh, Seth Jarvis, he just he just blows these guys out of the water. I mean, 98 points in 58 games. And this is where it's just absolutely crazy. He had a stretch of games where he scored 63 points in 23 games. Like, the guy was just on a tear after Christmas. So, 
If we're looking at that Islanders pick, this is a guy I would definitely target. I don't think he needs very much development at all. So I think he's a guy that could step into an NHL role within a year or two. So this is a great pick for uh, the Ottawa Senators. Diminutive, five foot nine, one sixty-five. It seems to be a common trend right now in hockey. But hey, that usually means speed, and that's something that's coming up along for, a lot for this kid. Along with his speed is. Um, his brain works well. He's creative, but he's also smart. He's going to do the right things, Pilsy. Obviously, that comes out when you talk about the point totals he put up there, which is absolutely bonkers. He was able to like produce at that level. I don't, I don't really know who you can compare it to. Uh, just a side note here: Portland is becoming a real hotspot for a lot of offensive talent. Cody Glass obviously comes to mind when guys are coming out of Portland. But yeah, this kid, a lot of people are saying he's good in the small areas. You know, he's going to beat you out of a corner or whatever. So if he's quicker than you and he's got the hands to to get out that match his feet and the creative ability to get out of a tight spot, that's when size doesn't really come into uh, play. You say he doesn't need a lot of development in his game. I would like to see a little bit of development in his physique though a guy for his size everywhere i'm reading and from the highlights that i got to watch he just attacks the middle of the ice so i don't know if he's going to be a center at the highest level like he was in portland i think he might produce a bit better on the wing but the combination of skill speed work ethic he's going to play high up in an nhl lineup and the gm of canada's u18 team alan millar said this about jarvis and this is from Corey pronman's draft board saying he has a very good hockey sense puck skills and can shoot the puck plays a strong two-way game is a complete player and that's a trend that we're going to see a lot more uh parley give me a player comparable before we wrap up you know it's it's tough this one for me and i hate to say it uh, a guy that comes to mind with a lot of these diminutive players that are putting up a crazy amount of points my tough one is jeremy brocco you know a guy that's just gonna put up points but never gonna be able to do it at the nhl level uh, that's a tough one for this kid, but uh, who knows? He might be able to take the step that Brocco never would. I do like the fact, though, Ross, that you said he would, does attack the middle of the ice. It's all about a mindset. If you're willing to play that role, you're going to go do it. Yeah, the, I'll give you one. How about that? How about Cam Atkinson as a player comparable? Like Another sure. smaller guy, but great shot and a guy who's not scared to get into the dirty areas. So Cam Atkinson mm-hmm. Uh, comes to mind for me. Hilsey, anything more to add before we go? This is a good episode heading into the the weekend. Yeah, it's it's been fun. The the interview with Graham Nichols was great. Uh, I like that we got a Duclair chat in. Definitely uh, tune in if you're interested in the Duclair contract extension. Just well, if quick- they're listening to this part, they've already heard it, Pillar. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just one more thing on Jarvis. I found when he's driving the net, he can have defenders draped all over him, and he's just got that strength, that edging to beat them out and get a good chance. So I think Seth Jarvis is going to be a great pick, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's picked uh, right between 10 and 15, kind of the sweet spot where we got him. You know what? We talk about diminutive size, but uh, one of the tougher uh, kind of agitators in the league right now, Brad Marchant. He's only about 15 pounds heavier, if that, and he's also 5'9". So it's all about mindset, like I said earlier. Yeah, you don't judge a book by its cover. We've learned that time and time again, and we will continue to do so. All right, everyone, have a great weekend. Thank you for listening. For Brandon Piller and Chris Parliament, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, where we've got your team every day.